I just finished the book A Fate Inked in Blood, which is like this Norse-inspired fantasy romance novel that had some of the hottest spicy scenes that I've read in a, in a minute. And I'm currently in between books. So if you are like me and you're looking for another fantasy world to devour, Dipsy has got you covered. You can dive into spicy enemies to lovers tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your long morning walk, late night or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods. So if you're into Norse gods, you could switch to Greek gods, which could be fun. (laughs) Regency era historical fiction and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash just break up. Dipsystories.com slash just break up. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello! I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast all about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. Today we're going to tackle topics like dumpers who don't care, (laughs) wanting what we can't have, feeling crazy, and knowing how to end things. Mm. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we know nothing. We know nothing. We are like Jon Snow. And we, are. we know nothing. Uh, this week, I went to boil tea um, three times, and oh. I forgot about the boiling water. So my apartment is very current is currently moist. very moist. <laughs> At least, like you know, my vocal cords are all nice and hydrated because of all the little water particles I'm inhaling. Is that science? Is that anyway? We're English majors. <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about. We are not trained professionals, so please take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our humble musings and hopefully some laughs about this very rewarding but mostly confusing thing that is love. Welcome. Welcome to episode 15. Thank you so much. Oh my God, 15. What were you doing at 15 years old? Oh God. Uh reading the lord of the rings like eight <laughs> times <laughs> i was into harry potter actually so yeah, we're oh, very suited yep. for each other um speaking of relationships though i started dating my boyfriend my like first real boyfriend at 15 oh, wow. who i ended up losing my virginity to in a tent if you want to refer back to episode one episode one where that doozy came out <laughs> yeah tent sex <laughs> listen play it do a little rewind friends if you yeah. want to hear that story um, anyway, so our check-in for today is... Yeah, we got a letter from someone named Anonymous Anonymous from The Void, so wow, I can, can tell you... can you imagine <laughs> their parents were like, let's just name them... And I'm just kidding. That's a terrible that's... joke. I'm not even going to go into that. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm going to apologize for such a bad joke. Not like inappropriate, just like a bad no, joke. No, just like, yeah. Like it didn't land very well. <laughs> um, Anonymous just wants to know how you handle an ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend calling you crazy to all of your mutual friends. Oh, my God. Right? Well, first off, Sam, has anybody ever called you crazy? I think so. Probably. Uh, But I think that everyone knew that that person was crazy, so, like, they didn't believe him. Mm. But I have had ex-people tell people that I'm, like, a sociopath and, like, have no feelings. Why? (laughs) Because generally, I have few feelings. (laughs) 
That's not true. I'm like a Vulcan. I feel things very powerfully. I just don't show them on the outside. Oh my God. Live long and prosper. That's right. Uh, this yeah, is so- the nerdiest episode to date. <laughs> we have fucking Star Trek, Lord of the Rings. Harry Potter. And freaking Game of Thrones. Oh, all yeah. in the first two minutes of this episode. That's right. Anyway. Yeah. I've just had people be like, he doesn't feel anything. Which is totally not true in devaluing of your experience and your ability to withhold your emotions to not hurt other people. But that's a whole other episode. <laughs> I've had three cups of coffee today. <laughs> yeah, she's, a, she's a little jazzed this morning, everyone. <laughs> Just imagine me this entire episode talking with jazz hands, like going like a little two little hummingbirds up the side of my face. She's like starting to sweat profusely. <laughs> By the end of this episode, I'm just going to be like comatose on the floor. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's not that bad because like. I feel like people telling people you don't have feelings isn't really that awful. Right. Um, I don't think, like, nobody's called me crazy to my face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that if they told people that I was crazy, it was probably because I was being a little unstable. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you know, but that's not the point. The, that's, I think, what we want to talk about less is our personal experience and more the, like, tool that people employ when they call their exes crazy right it is essentially to delegitimize yeah and also to like right yeah and to cover their own ass too because if the other person is being crazy then you don't have to like own up to anything that you did wrong right i know one uh like a couple of my friends say like if your new man tells you that his ex-girlfriend is crazy that should be a red flag because he probably made her act that way yeah for sure However, well, one, so let's talk about delegitimizing people's emotions and that like so many of the letters we read are about people who are like, oh, my God, I'm feeling crazy. They're making me feel this way. Why don't why don't I feel normal? Why don't I act normal? Why do I want to go through his phone? Well, maybe because he's a cheating motherfucker, you know, (laughs) maybe because he's making you feel really fucking anxious Uh or or crazy or he's telling you that you're crazy, even though he's changed your name in his phone or whatever, you know. Oh, yeah. Flashback to that one, too. Yeah. That was rough. But um, so I think it's something we do, especially with women's emotions or femmes emotions or people's emotions who are not um, as controlled as we want them to be in society. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. But I also want to say, like, it's it's hard to be told that you're crazy. Um, but but you and I also know of crazy exes, right, who mm-hmm. acted inappropriately. So maybe instead of let's acknowledge that being called crazy is terrible and delegitimizing yep. and it makes you feel like you're even more crazy. Let's also acknowledge um, the use of the word crazy Yeah, really so, tokenizes mental health. Oh, for sure. Not a great word to use. No, totally. <laughs> I'm actually trying to take it out of my vocabulary, but it's hard. But this is my accountability statement. Great. And... Um, also just thinking about the times in which I can think of a million times that I have been like, oh, my ex, God, they were so bad or crazy or whatever. I wonder if you and I can brainstorm ways that we can talk about our exes who are healthy and problem, who are unhealthy and problematic in a way that doesn't, um, delegitimize their experience or Mm -hmm. their mental wellness or doesn't tokenize them into the crazy ex, you know? Does that make yeah. sense? No, absolutely. And I think that it's one of the things that we talk about a lot, which is that like humanizing villains, right? So so obviously I have this ex that's awful and did awful things to <laughs> we me. We refuse to <laughs> say his name and we just call him him. Yeah, we're fine. We're coping. We're healthy. It's not petty at all. Uh, but like I still view him as a person. Like he had a lot of issues that he was working through. Like he was deeply insecure about a lot of things and like that came out in like bad ways. And yeah. so like understanding that. Like, I talk a lot of shit about him, but when I think about him in my own sort of healing, I see him as, like, a flawed human. Yeah. And that makes it less of, like, oh, God, he was just crazy, and more of, like, a, oh, he was just, I can sympathize and empathize, and I don't want that in my life anymore. Yeah, totally. Totally. I also think, let's talk a little bit about, like, what it's like to be called crazy or to hear through the grapevine that your ex is calling you crazy. Yep. Um, that sucks. Yeah. And it's a thing that will make you crazy. Yeah. And I think the most important thing is to remember, like, you have no control over that. That is not affecting your actual day-to-day life. You can still get up and eat awesome food and do a great job at work or, you know, kick butt at the gym or watch a lot of Netflix really well, which is what I do. (laughs) Um, 
that the best thing you can do when you when an ex is calling you crazy is ignore the fuck out of it. Absolutely. Right? You know, just put on Lizzo, good as hell. Yeah. You know, flip your hair back, press your na- or check your nails. <laughs> yeah. Get it right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the best uh, line of that song, that should be our um, blind date, by, by the way, Lizzo's song, Good As Hell. Um, the best part of that song is, if he don't love you anymore, walk your fine ass out that door. That's right. Yeah. Also, follow Lizzo on Instagram because she is just hilarious. Yeah, totally. Um, so, uh, yeah, feeling crazy or, or an ex calling you crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, it's just like, know that. They are, they may be talking about you, but like that has no bearing. Like, you know, you're not crazy. You are fine. And even, even if you like, were, right? Mental health talk. is right. way more universal than we think or like mental health issues. For sure. Um, the one, the last thing I want to end on is like maybe a just break up pledge that we don't, we start referring to our exes as not as crazy exes, but as, as maybe people who were hurting or people who were hurting so they hurt us. Yeah. And guess what? You don't have to humanize the monsters out there that did fucking terrible things to you. Nope. But we do want to break down that stigma of the crazy ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend or ex-person. Absolutely. Cool. All right. First letter is from Paris is never a good idea. Mm. Let's call them Paris for short. Eh? Okay. I love it. Uh, and they're writing to us from New York. I just graduated out of college and recently got out of a long-term four-year-plus relationship with a boy. Despite being young, we had spoken about our futures, moving in together in the near future, and marriage. After traveling together for 20-plus days following our college college graduation, he broke up with me the morning after we returned home from Paris, put a love lock up approximately 48 hours before breaking my heart, leaving me to deal with the combination of heartbreak and awful jet lag. Jet jet lag. (laughs) Ah, oh, leave this in leave this in big cats <laughs> jet log jet lag suddenly this um, this is what coffee does to you kids <laughs> suddenly this amazing trip we had been planning is only associated with her and awful memories i was his first girlfriend and he claimed he needed to see what else was out there and he wasn't ready to commit to this for the rest of his life since our breakup He's joined the dating apps not even 24 hours after we separated. He also made his bio, quote, ask me about my few weeks in Europe and didn't see why that was insensitive. Ouch. He's been endlessly cold to me the three times I've reached out, claiming he doesn't think I can handle speaking with him, that he doesn't even think he's made a mistake because he lives life with no regrets, and he thinks that he might be able to get back together with me in the future because I'm, quote, not horrible. We used to always joke about his robotic tendencies and how he doesn't feel emotions deeply, and now I'm left dealing with the aftermath of after four years of dating him and him telling me that I'm his soulmate— he didn't he even yelled at me for dating because I wasn't over him and that it was unfair to the people that I was going on dates with even though he's been dating around. I guess my question is, how do I really move on and regain my self-worth after allowing myself to see me through the eyes of people who value and love me when I'm still pining after my ex-boyfriend who was able to so easily not only throw me away, but remain so emotionless in the process. I didn't realize how much I internalized all his little actions that made me feel so small until now, acting like he was an expert on areas that I studied and he didn't, getting incredibly frustrated with me quickly, bossing me around in front of my friends. And now, although I desperately want to believe that everyone... What everyone is saying about our relationship and what I deserve, I still feel like I'm the problem. Mm. That's Paris. Paris, I'm so sorry for your breakup. Absolutely. It sounds like definitely rough to get broken up with. Two days after you put a love lock on the streets of Paris. Yeah, that's (laughs) fucked. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Paris... We uh, edited your, your letter down just a little bit, but for the li- listeners at home, basically, um, Paris shared that the relationship wasn't super healthy, and now her ex-boyfriend is not even giving her the satisfaction of, of having regret or remorse or any emotions whatsoever in her breakup, and that is something that I think a lot of listeners can relate to. Mm, absolutely. I once dated a robot. How was that for you? Well, it was a vibrator, so... <laughs> Just kidding. I'm sorry. I had to make that joke. Um, but no, actually, real talk. Like, I did date someone who we used to jokingly refer to, like, as a robot um, because he was very analytical. Um, he saw things very black and white. But um, 
ultimately that ended up hurting his feelings because he felt like I was devaluing his actual emotional responses to things. Mm-hmm. Um, so little mental note for myself. Absolutely. Um, well, and also I'm a very analytical person in relationships as well. So like, yeah. I can, I can empathize a bit with him Yeah. in that, like the idea that my guess is that he has been processing this for a very long time internally and yeah. is a dick for not talking about it at any point. Yep. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. Yep. Um, but it seems to me that that is why he's so like, oh, I can go on the dating apps two days after because I have already processed through all of this in my head and you, Paris, have not. And therefore you can't go on dating apps because you have to do the work that I have already done, which is a dick thing to say. No, totally. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Let's be clear. (laughs) But Um, I can like understand his logic in like a deep, evil way. (laughs) Because you're a sociopath. Yeah. Is that what it I'm is? I'm like equal parts Ravenclaw and Slytherin. Oh my God, that's so real. I'm 100% Gryffindor, by the way. Love it. I know. Somebody affectionately, Olivia Gatwood, was like, uh, the, our first guest was like, uh, you're Hufflepuff. And I was like, you don't know me at all. <laughs> you are a stranger to... No, just kidding. <laughs> anyway, um, so Paris... Uh, yeah, this sounds really hard. Um, and I think what Sam and I want to tell you is, first of all, control is a facade. Mm-hmm. Um, he's never going to give you the emotional response that you want. Absolutely. Because he's never going to give you a response that will put you back together or undo what he's done. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. never going to go away. That Absolutely. breakup, that lock on the you know, the bridge and the breakup a couple of days afterwards, it's never going to go away. Absolutely. And I think that you can be very upset with him yeah. for denying you the opportunity to have an emotional response yeah. in the moment, right? Because he he was so internal with what he did that he never brought you into his own thinkings until it was done and he was shut down. And like that is something that is really, really hard to deal with. But there's absolutely nothing you can do to undo that he did that to. Right. Exactly. And maybe even just lean into it a little. Like we talked about feeling crazy beforehand or feeling unstable. And guess what? Like you have a right to feel super unstable right now. A stable person in your life or like a, a stable known has flipped the script on you Almost overnight, literally. Almost, like literally overnight. Yeah, yeah. literally <laughs> overnight. And um, that would make anybody question the person that they've been with for four years or for the sure. person that they're becoming or their future or their past or anything. It's, it's again, going back to the idea of how we um, delegitimize our ex's feelings. Like, this is a perfect example of, like, you have every right to, like, burn down his house. Again. No, not- no. <laughs> What I meant to say is, like, <laughs> metaphorically, <laughs> everything I say is a metaphor. I meant, like, you have every right to say, like, fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Um, you disrespected our relationship. You disrespected me, not because you broke up, but because of how you did it. Yep. Right? Yep. People, are, people have, the shitty thing is, Ferris, people have a right to leave us. And people have a right to fall out of love with us and change their minds. And yep. that's the type of heartbreak that you can only sit with like you can't you can't change it at all but he did you a disservice he did your relationship a disservice by leaving you this way yep. and that and that's a big betrayal and Absolutely. and it's okay and the question is then how do you how can you tell him that without expecting the response from him because he's clearly got the brick wall up and nothing yeah. is going to change about that yeah. so like but you should feel if you need to to Get that out into the open. Like, yeah, burn tell his him, house like, down. Do not <laughs> burn kidding. his house down. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh... <laughs> um, but like, do it, do it, do it, do what you need to do. But also know that you're never gonna like he's never gonna respond to you no, in the way that you want. Never. And I'm actually, you said that in the back of my head. I said, don't do it, Paris. Like, don't reach out to him. Cut ties with this person. Like, he is the first of all. The fact that he told you that you're you shouldn't be dating because you're not over him. None of your business. None of your business, man. <laughs> you chose to leave this woman's life, so right. stay gone. Yep. Period. Yeah, you don't get any more control over her because you decided that you didn't want. Yeah, to Yeah, I hope be with he's her. listening right now. No, I hope you send this to him right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, Paris, let yourself grieve too. Like, 
I feel like what what happens in these situations and, and why I led with the idea that control is a facade is that when we're hurting, when our lives, quote unquote, crumble around us, all we want is something to control. Like all we want is to like fix something or do something or or say yep. something yep. that will get the response that we want and to give us the, the sense that our lives are in our control again. For sure. But that's not going to come because right now you're grieving from a huge loss. Mm-hmm. And just let yourself grieve. Let yourself be in that grief. You don't need to talk to him because he's never going to make this pain go away. Mm-hmm. You need to do things to yourself. You need to take care of yourself yep. to, to make this pain go away. He's not going to be the solve for, for you. Sure. The solve. Solve. Yeah. Self. 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 He's not going to solve it either. There we go. See? <laughs> Put on words. I'm a writer. Published author. <laughs> um. And your reaction is more important than his reaction. Yeah. How you feel is what is paramount right now. Mm-hmm. His reaction is garbage. Well, it's not. It's not garbage. <laughs> but his reaction. <laughs> but for your understanding of it, it can be garbage. Exactly. Right? And for our understanding to, too. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> at this point, you don't need to empathize with him or sympathize with him. Like at this point, you can just be mad. You can be sad you can be you like feel all of the feelings that you need to feel yeah and work through those before you're ready to do some of the head and the heart work that needs to get done because this is a huge huge change like it's a big shift and sometimes I feel like we don't give ourselves the opportunity to like sit in that pain yeah and I think that's necessary for for moving on yeah I do want to share a little personal um anecdote about this idea um one time I was broken up with by someone who talked a big talk. That's the Mm. way I described it, is that he talked a big talk. He told me that I was his soulmate. He worked really hard to, like, win my love and trust back after he failed to be trustworthy. Um, He talked a big talk. His his words were big, and his actions were small. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I just kept believing in the idea of us. I put so much onus and all my chips on the table I put to the future like oh because he said I'm his soulmate because he said we're meant to be together I guess this is the future right and then he broke up with me kind of out of the blue like Mm -hmm. like you Paris and girl it made me feel insane yeah it made me not only feel insane more importantly it made me distrust Everyone who loved me, including friends and family, because I thought if this person could talk such a big, convincing talk and convince me to stay with him, even though he was inadequate, our entire relationship and convince me to invest in this future or the idea of the relationship that he was building and then leave me, it made me feel insane. Um, And that's because Paris, our realities, the, the excuse me. The future that we were working towards in our head because of things people have said and done for us didn't match to their actions. And that dissonance will drive a woman insane, drive a person insane. Right. Um, And I I, I felt so unstable after that relationship. And I had to Paris. I had to find my stability again. I had to find my knowns, my the things I could count on and. Honestly, the things I could count on were Sam, my oh. friends. I mean, it's true, though. Like, I re- I had a return to my friends during that time because I needed them to look me in the eye yep. and tell me I wasn't crazy and tell me that I, w- I had been believing in him because he told me he was believable. Yeah, for you sure. Know? And I think that's something that uh, people who are shitty do <laughs> <laughs> is they continue to talk about the future as a way to distract from the bad in the oh, present. damn, bitch. I love when you say things like that. <laughs> I love you. Um, and so, like, talking about the future is really great, and people should do that in relationships, but it shouldn't be the only thing that people talk about. So real. And I will say, like, I, like Sierra said, like, you are in a place now where your whole world has been turned upside down. And so, like, find the places where you know... What's real. What's real, right? And find those places and talk to those people, because otherwise you're just going to be sit, like, in this, like zero gravity space mm-hmm. where you don't know where up is. Right. So reach out to your friends and family and like be honest with what happened, be honest with your feelings and they're going to tell you like he's a dick. Yeah, and you and you're <laughs> looking for reality in the wrong place right now. You're looking for comfort in the place that hurt you. Right, where the reality is the most distorted. Right. 
Paris, I hope this is helpful. We love you. We believe you. And we believe in future good, true love for you. Absolutely. Hang in there. Summer's here and your wardrobe needs an upgrade. Instead of flimsy fast fashion haul, spend your money wisely on high quality essentials that will last the season. This is why I love Quince because when you go on the Quince website, it is just chock full of very reasonably priced, very high end items. And the quality of all of these things is beyond anything that you could get anywhere. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linens, which Sam is really into for under $50, luxury mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from $30. All of their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you'll have them in your closet forever. Most recently, y'all, I got some 14 karat gold tiny little hoops that I wear all the time. They're one of those staple jewelry items that you don't need to change out all the time because they look so good with every outfit. I love the quality. I love the size and I love the versatility of this jewelry that I can wear all year with any different outfit that you want to dress up or dress down. I know you're wondering how they do it. Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middle person and pass the savings on to you. And what's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes. So I can feel good about getting high quality items that last longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash justbreakup to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash justbreakup for free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash justbreakup. Our next letter is from Anonymous Anonymous. Oh my I God, wonder, that name yeah, is if there's so any relation common. to the first. <laughs> We're idiots. <laughs> uh, Anonymous is writing from the East Coast. East Coast? East. Sorry, I'm from New York. I can say that. Oh. I'm from upstate New York where there are leaves and trees. <laughs> is that the coast? I'm from the East Coast. New York is the East Coast. Okay. Well, it's not the coast thing, but it's the Eastern. Just like upstate like isn't like on a coast is all I'm saying. I... I can't. I can't right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Anonymous writes, I've never really felt the need to label my sexuality. I'm, I've been with both men and women, and I've thrived with them for separate reasons. However, I feel like every time I'm with a man, I am drawn to women, and every time I'm with a woman, I am drawn to men. I don't understand it at all, but I always feel like I am unable to give my whole self to the person I am with at the time because I'm feeling myself attracted to someone else of the other sex. Mm. Would this put me in the polyamorous category? I don't see myself as the type of person who could date two people at the same time, but I can't shake this wavering when I am in a relationship. I spent four years of my life with a girl I thought what I would marry, and then I would feel like I belonged with a man and found myself inadvertently flirting with men. Now I have been with a man for the last three years, but I just want to be with another woman. This makes me incred- feel incredibly selfish, but it's not necessarily something I can help. I don't necessarily know if I would ever be able to give my whole self to someone because there will always be this lingering feeling, but I'm not sure what to do or if this is even something that I could address. I'm feeling very stuck right now. Mm. I'm sorry, Anonymous. That that sounds like a frustrating and difficult thing to be dealing with. Yeah, I'm going to go on a rant. Oh, I <laughs> love your rants. Let me settle into my chair and pick up my coffee. <laughs> I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant, Anonymous, um, before we answer your question. And my rant is about bisexuality and erasure and a lack of um, a place in both heterosexual and homosexual culture. Um, I think that uh, Anonymous, we're really drawn to this letter um, and I'm very drawn to this letter because I... One, relate to it. And two, have seen so many fellow bisexuals. I'm a bisexual. Um, I've seen so many bisexual people, particularly bisexual women, but maybe that's just because there's less bisexual men visibility or non-gender conforming folks. Um, I've seen so many of your fellow bisexual 
community members really struggle with this um, idea of identity and not knowing who they are. And I've heard other bisexuals say that phrase before. And so before I answer your question and before we get to your actual like relationship help, I just want to say there's a common thread there about bisexuals struggling with their identity, not knowing who they were, not knowing where they fit and not even necessarily in relationships or sexually, but I've just heard so many bisexual people say, I don't know who I am. I struggle mm-hmm. with this. Um, I, I I struggle with my, my, my building blocks, who I am at my core. Yep. Um, and I, I have to think that there's some correlation there because there are so few bisexual, um, there's so little bisexual vi- visibility out there right. that we don't get to see ourselves in media portrayed often sure. or in books, literature, TV shows, etc. And in the heterosexual world, bisexuals are just either closeted gay people or selfish straight people who are who <laughs> want to fuck everyone. Yep. And in the gay world, um, bisexuals are just people like being tourists in the homo- in in the homosexual lifestyle. <laughs> Can't believe I just said that. <laughs> who are you, Mike Pence? I know. <laughs> Well, my mouth does feel like bile right now. So, um, but but that they think uh, a lot of straight, uh, gay people think that bisexuals are, you know, um, being tourists in the queer uh, world, yep. or that they're lying to themselves again. So, so everything around us, fr- from the culture to to our own communities, are questioning our identity yep. and questioning our place in the world. So, I just want to say that, like. I don't think it's a coincidence that so many bi people I know really struggle with who they are with, sure. with like, I don't know. And for me as a bisexual, something that like I find really interesting is that I'm so drawn to people who have a strong sense of self. Mm. I'm almost in awe of them. Like I just, they have this power. They look like fucking superheroes to me. Mm. People who have a strong sense of self and like a strong inner compass. I'm like, oh my God, like you are so powerful and beautiful. And I realize it's because I don't always feel like I have that inner compass. Um, mm-hmm. That's all I want to say. <laughs> yeah. that, that that may or may not apply to the advice we want to give, but I just want to maybe put some solidarity out there that like, for sure. I, I, I think that's a more common narrative for people who fall outside of the um, sexuality binary. Yep. And again, I know that bisexual is interesting because it has the binary in it. Yada, yada, yada. We can unpack that in a different episode. For sure. And rant. Um, I will also say that like society also teaches us that bisexual folks um, are more promiscuous than mm-hmm. other folks because they want to have sex with both men and women. All the time, every all day. All the time, all the time, every Strangers, day. Strangers, bus stops. They have no capacity baseball to games. themselves. <laughs> That's my sexual history. And two, that they will never be happy in a monogamous relationship because they will always want the other sex. Mm. And I think, like, that's such a lie. Right. <laughs> that people, like... So I to am... internalize it? Right, exactly. And, like... So I'm in a committed relationship with a man, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to have sex with other men. Right. right? Like you're just that, choosing not to. Yes, exactly. Like that that feeling is always going to be there. I'm always going to be attracted to other people. Like I'm always going to like want to flirt and sometimes flirt with like other <laughs> men. Sorry, Peter. Yeah, right. Uh it's okay. He does it too. It's great. Yeah, I know. Um but that doesn't mean like but I think that it gets internalized for folks who um are interested in both men and women because it's like, oh, does that mean that I'm like, because am I, I am lying this way, to myself too? Right? Yep. Like, do I deserve to have one partner because I will always want this other gender? But it's like, no, because people have partners all the time, even yeah. though they want other people. So what you're saying is like, basically, this is a relationship. Welcome. Yes. Yeah. Right. This is a relationship problem. And I don't want to, like, I want to say that in a way that I'm not trying to erase your bisexuality. Yeah. Or, your however you want to define your sexuality. Um, But I will say that this is not, I don't think that this is unique to you. I think that this is something that all people who are in committed relationships go through. Right. And maybe because of by erasure or by shame, because we're shamed so often um, by both sides of the world, you know, um, that we think that, you know, when you, if you're with a man and you, and you lust after a woman, that that makes you dirty and that mm-hmm. makes you invalid mm-hmm. and yep. that makes you identity, identity list, identity yep. list. Sure. I'm going <laughs> to publish author. 
right into the dictionary. We came up with a new word. Identity list. <laughs> Identity list. That's what it okay. is. Yeah, I put titty in there. I, I did. Love it. <laughs> um, okay, so um, anonymous, you have nothing to be ashamed of. Your no. desires are your desires. We do want to say, like, if you feel like this, these urges are ruining your relationships, and we relate to that. Yep. But I also don't want you to feel broken or weird or anything. Like, guess what? Mm. People have desires for other people all the time. I think yep. because you're bisexual, it's putting it on a platform. It's it's making it feel bigger and scarier and more confusing and more de-legitimizing uh, to your actual desires, Absolutely. you know? Yep. Um, uh, maybe try not to, like, pigeonhole yourself so much. You're allowed to lust. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to want whoever you want, no matter what they look like. And also from one bisexual to another, you I love what you wrote when you said, I've been with both men and women and thrived with them for separate reasons. That's awesome. I really love that because it's true. My experience dating men is totally different from my experience dating women. And I love them both separately. Mm-hmm. Like they do fulfill different things for me. Yep. Um, you ask us if you if this means that you're polyamorous. We don't think so because... It sounds like when you, well, one, we won't define your identity for you, <laughs> but you say, does this make me in the, put me in the polyamorous category? Well, not necessarily because it sounds like you will be with one person, but you'll want to be with another, mm-hmm. not necessarily want to be them at the, be with them at the same time. Sure. Or, or it's not that you love them both at the same time, but you might be interested in having open relationships. Yeah. And who the fuck knows? Maybe you are polyamorous. Like, get on, girl. For sure. Or maybe you're just a, a serial monogamist, which I think is a term that is sometimes used derogatorily. But, like, maybe you just want to be with one person for Ooh, I love a, like a set period of time and then sort of move on and find something else as well. I love unpacking why serial monogamous would be a negative like is doesn't have to be ter- used as a negative term. I let's go on a little tangent. Love it. Um, well, I'm going to take you with me. <laughs> uh, I have always thought of that as a negative term and thought of myself as kind of a serial monogamist. But you're right. Like that's not a bad thing. Or going back to what Olivia Gatwood said in a couple episodes ago, like she, it's a privilege that she's spent most of her life in love. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's used as a derogatory term because it implies that you, like, are so, you need someone in your life to validate you. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily true of of all people who date people in relationships over and over again. Yeah. I think that just means, like Olivia said, like, there's a privilege to being loved. Um, and people are comfortable in relationships, and I think that that is fantastic. And people maybe not, aren't super comfortable in relationships that go for a very long time and that's okay too. Yeah. So maybe that's what you just need right now is yeah. is being with people and um you know figuring out what is next and if you are never fully happy with a man or with a woman like that's just something that you're going to have to be okay with with yourself and mm-hmm. um talk with your partners about. Yeah, totally. I love that. An- anonymous most importantly I think Sam and I just don't want you to feel shame. Uh, what you're experiencing is really common. It's like it's something we both relate to. Yep. Um, and what matters is if you are happy in your relationship. Yep. And if you feel something lacking in your relationship, what ways creatively, emotionally, um, or sexually can you fulfill those things yep. in a happy, healthy, whole way? Exactly. Don't don't be so hard on yourself. Be yeah. you know, you have the opportunity to to be more forgiving and more understanding of your desires and your feelings. And I think um, when we, when we question ourselves a lot, yeah, that's when we sort of get into these ruts of very binary thinking as well. Mm. Um, like either it has to be this or it has to be that. And so finding a way to live in the gray space um, comes from forgiving yourself, from asking yourself fewer interrogating questions, right? Like from, from less of the harsh accusations that we give ourselves to allow ourselves to just live and be in the space where we don't have to define or pigeonhole ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anonymous, we hope that helps. We love you. We believe in all of you and Mm -hmm. all facets of your identity. Yes. Thank you for writing. Up next, we have a letter from Josh W., who is writing to us from Texas. 
Hey guys, I've been in a long distance relationship with my girlfriend for two years. She is someone who has always been shy and introverted. She had a hard time making friends and putting herself out there. Up until recently, she lived alone and didn't go out much. Recently, she started a new job about a year ago and has made some new friends. She was really excited about them, so of course I was happy for her. I don't want to isolate her. I want her to live a full and happy life. But here's the thing. Since then, she's changed. She's moved in with the girls and they hang out constantly. Suddenly, she has no time for me. She tells me she's just trying to enjoy her summer. But on weekends, she usually goes on trips and I don't hear from her from Friday through Sunday. During the week, she goes out with her friends almost nightly. We used to Skype periodically throughout the week and try to do things together. Now she cancels those plans to hang out with her friends. She even forgets we had plans sometimes and just doesn't show up. She always promises we'll spend time together, but we she's always busy with something or someone else that's more important. I brought up these issues Countless times over the last six months, I've told her it makes me feel like she doesn't love me and she doesn't want to be with me anymore. She always reassures me that isn't true and I just need to relax. I've told her I don't feel like a priority and I don't want to be with someone I can't rely on to do what they say they're going to do. Initially, she would apologize, say she loves me, says she fucked up. But nothing ever changed. She kept doing the same stuff. And now she just gets mad at me if I bring it up. She says she's sick of having the same conversation over and over. Mm. But if she is, why doesn't she change something instead of constantly letting me down? Last week during one of these fights, she told me we are, quote, long distance right now. So sometimes my friends and life here will be more important. That just doesn't make sense to me. Shouldn't my girlfriend prioritize our relationship even if we're currently long distance? I don't think I'm asking for a lot here. The whole thing makes me feel crazy. She keeps making me feel like I'm the one being the bad partner, that I'm being unreasonable or controlling. So now I'm worried I'm being crazy and this is a stupid thing to end a relationship over. But the other part of me says I deserve more. And honestly, even if I do decide to stay with her, it doesn't seem like she wants to stay with me. She keeps telling me she does, but her actions seem to indicate otherwise, right? When I hurt her, I immediately try to fix it. But here we are, almost a year into the problem. She hasn't changed at all. What do I do? Am I wrong to be upset? Am I being toxic and clingy? I love her, and this all sucks. Oh. I know, Josh. <laughs> I know. Um... We love you, yeah, and we love your love, Absolutely. and it sounds like you—I hate that this has been a problem for a year because I yep. know that type of weight, yeah, right? Like how I know it, that, that pain yeah, and that it like rots that inside you, yep. totally. Um, we're going to say some hard things, yep. and we're going to preface it with the real world, um, MTV real world <laughs> catchphrase, which is— Yeah, we're going to stop being polite and start getting real. (laughs) (laughs) Sam said that while we were prepping to do this episode, and I was like, oh, my God, we have to say that. Um, Josh, uh, Sam and I think she doesn't know how to break up with you. Yep. And that's her problem. And subsequently, that is hurting you. Absolutely. And we're not, like, 100% concrete sure of this, but that's the instinct that we're feeling. Mm -hmm. And... We're here to tell you you're not crazy. Yep. You're not irrational. Nope. You're not being toxic and clingy, at least nope. from what you've told us. Right. And you have a right to ask for what you need and you ask for what you wanted and she throws it back in your face. Absolutely. And you know what? Here's what I'll say in her defense. People have a right to change yep. and grow and realize that what they had isn't necessarily what they want anymore. Absolutely. And I won't, you know, I don't think that she's sitting there every day thinking like, I want to break up with him, but I don't know how, right? I think she's just in a space now where her, where you don't Priorities are changing. Where what you two had together doesn't fit into the life that she is currently living. And I think she doesn't know how to either make you fit or end it in a way that is, is healthy for both of you. And so it seems to us like this is an opportunity for you to take back your own the love that you're giving out yeah. there bring your it back to yourself right your bo- your boundaries exactly you've been in this like toxic place for a year which is just such a long time right to be unhappy right right so what can you do to stop 
the flow of unhappiness that's coming your way. Stop being polite and start being real. <laughs> Absolutely. <And it's, laughs> it sounds like you are being real. It's like what yeah. I think what I think really stands out in your letter is that you have been so clear about what you need. Yeah. And been able to ask for it multiple times. Um, so much so that she's getting sick of you asking. Right, which but, is an issue in itself. Right. <laughs> um, and so it just seems like this, even if she suddenly changes, like, it just feels like a year full of this unhappiness is going to be something that is that is going to be hard to come back from. Right, totally. Um, I also want to say, at one point in the letter, you said, you know, shouldn't our relationship be a priority in her life? And... I want to say, yes, um, it should. It, it doesn't have to be the biggest priority in her life. Like when I was with somebody um, and I was going to school, our relationship did not take the priority. Mm. Me getting a 4.0 because I needed to redeem dropping out of college four times when I was 23 <laughs> <laughs> took the priority, right? Like Four times. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, that's an exaggeration, but it was three. It was three times. Um, that's impressive. Yeah. I mean, just like so impressive that you were like came back and got a four point oh. And, like, thanks. Yeah, no, that's exciting <laughs> that you like of me dropping out three times. No, I mean like dropping out three times is impressive. Like pretty that's easy dedication. actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's like I had to go back to school. <laughs> you had to times. sign up three times. <laughs> <laughs> that's what shame does to you, folks. It just fucking puts you in situations where you're like, well, this is obviously not working. Let me try it two more times. <laughs> But also that you went back and you like did it, which is just This awesome. is a metaphor, Josh, that you keep returning to something that's not working. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to. Great work. Yeah. Anyway, um, um, so I just want to say like, yeah. yes, you. It, I think another reason why Sam and I are drawn to this letter is because you sound really understanding. You yep. sound like you're an advocate for your partner. And so you're like, yes, make friends. I don't want to control you, sure. but you're not showing up for me. Also, sweetheart, her going away like f- Friday through Sunday and not speaking to you, that's a red flag to me. Yeah. I'm sorry. I hate like, where to is say she that. going that she can't text you? Text, right? Like, is she going to the woods every weekend? <laughs> oh like, the woods. Like, I don't, like, self reception is pretty. Yeah. Well established in most We're living places. in the digital age, baby. We don't want to hurt you by telling you this, Absolutely. but we want to tell you the things that are hard to say to yourself. Absolutely. And I will say, like, even in a committed relationship with my partner who's here, yeah. like, he is not always my priority. Right. Because, like, when work is going awful and I just need to, like, veg out and, like, watch television and, like, Sometimes I need to do that. And what, I mean, what's great about Peter is that he totally understands that. And it's like, but it's clear that, but that's not what's happening here, right? She is not making you a priority in any sense. And she's not communicating and she's not showing up for the difficult conversations. And sometimes, you know, in relationships, you have to give up things. And and we don't want, we want her to be a badass, independent, happy um, person with friends in her life and things in her life that aren't you, Josh. Yep. But if she wants you in your life or in her life, if if you two are building this relationship together, she has to pick up some tools and start building. Absolutely. And it sounds like she isn't committed to that. But I want to just talk about that feeling crazy piece as well, which seems to be the theme of this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I know that it can feel like you are being crazy or clingy or awful but you know in your heart that you are a good partner yes that you're being good to her and you are and you know from what you've written we can tell that you are trying so hard to be the good partner in the situation to make it work absolutely and you are you are giving space and you are um being so understanding of her circumstances and that's fantastic and that's wonderful so don't doubt for a second that you are a good partner and that you know that. And so what you need to be doing is is understanding that, living in that, recognizing that you're showing up and she's not, and figure out what you need to do that. Right. And also understand that being a good partner may look different to different people. Right. Um, but for you, you are showing up in your most authentic, 
best way right now. And what she's giving you back is not working for you. And your best might not feel great right now because she's she's not she's not allowing you to be great. Right. Like you feeling anxious and nervous and like, am I going crazy? Am I asking for too much? She's creating that climate. Sure. And so oftentimes when I think about our best selves, I think about the circumstances in which we are being our best selves. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you were in more of a fertile ground, like a relationship that was ready to grow and build, you would feel like a different, better self. But just because you're not in that fertile ground doesn't mean you're not giving your best. Absolutely. So we love you. We love you, Josh. We believe in you. Um, And ultimately, we hope that you're happy with or without this girl. Absolutely. Thanks for writing. Thank you. So our last letter comes from Issa B. Issa B? Issa. Issa? Yeah, sure. Issa, right? Or like Isabel. Oh, Isabel. Okay, got it. Isa. Uh, writing from Australia. Australia. Land down under. Oh my God. Good <laughs> night. Work. Uh, my Giant friend. Spiders. What? Kangaroos. I'm just naming all the things I know about Australia. Yeah, I went to Australia a, a year ago. Oh, nice. Um, and it was wonderful. And I actually met this wonderful woman who's visiting the U.S. right now. She's like in my apartment. Oh. Right now. Hi, Waveney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. So uh, Issa writes, hi, lovely people. I love your podcast and you're both helping me so much right now. I married my best friend 10 years ago and we have two young kids. I have recently done a lot of soul searching and personal growth and have successfully stopped drinking alcohol after two, after two years of trying to moderate. Oh, great job. Along with the stark nakedness and clarity of mind not clouded by alcohol have come a very powerful realization. I am not in love with my husband, and I don't Mm. think I ever really was. I'm two months into the penny dropping, and the guilt is crippling. I know we have to talk about it. He is wondering more and more why we're not having sex, but I can't do it. It would feel like a lie. My sex drive has been dwindling, and I told him that I don't really know why, because I didn't. And I've had all sorts of tests to see if my hormones are off or anything else is wrong. Now I know it's wrong. He has given me safety and stability for over 10 years and loves me so very much. I can't bear the thought of ripping his heart out, stomping on it, and giving it back. But I know I have to. Mm. He deserves so much more, and I know he can be happy with someone else. He often has dreams that I leave him, which I would laugh at before, but now they make sense. He must have sensed even before I knew. Mm. He has always been way more into the intimacy than me. I live halfway across the world from my family, and I don't know how to do all of this on my own. It feels overwhelming to find a car, a new home to rent that I can afford, breaking up with the family, and carrying the whole responsibilities on my shoulders. He is not great socially and doesn't have many friends, and I worry about how he would cope. I don't really have a question apart from how do I not hate myself for getting into such a mess and dragging him and our kids down with me. Thank you for being awesome. Love, Isa. Oh, Isa. <laughs> um, this is a really powerful letter. Um, yeah. First of all, congrats, congrats on the sobriety. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And uh, we're so proud of you that you made that decision and knew that you couldn't handle just moderating and, and knew that you needed to stop. Um, yeah. And I'm sorry that this realization came along with it, but... Um, it's it's amazing that you've been able to to make that step for yourself. Right. And you said the stark clarity that it comes along with it. Maybe it um let's try to reframe it a little because I know it feels stark and scary and like raw. Um, but let's reframe it in gratitude, like how lucky you are that you can know yourself more intimately now, mm. that you're not numbing or drowning out or blacking yep. out or um painting over your true emotions like you're lucky to feel all of these terrifying Absolutely. new more authentic things yep. and and Sam and I are are lucky to hear from you in this state um yeah i i Isa, I relate to this letter as a human, as a woman, as a partner. Um I relate to this and I know that this is going to be the heartbreak of your life and um I want to say that not as a daunting threat but in solidarity that um your heart is big and bold and brave yep. and just because we are 
Just because in life there are times we have to make really difficult, painful decisions doesn't mean we are terrible people. It doesn't mean that we don't deserve to be happy. Just because we have the capacity to hurt people greatly doesn't make us in, you know, unworthy of being happy in the future. That just is an indicator of how much love we have to give or how much we meant to them. Um, But your purpose on life, your purpose on this earth is not to appease people. It's not to drown out your true emotions. Your purpose on life is to find happiness. And that can be a truly terrifying thing to do when you really cue in to what it means to be happy. Absolutely. And, and being in touch with our emotions and understanding the complexities that come with being human and not tamping them down or drowning them um, is a really, really hard and scary thing to do, but it unlocks so much more potential than exists when we are stifling ourselves, when we are not creating that vulnerability and intimacy so this is going to like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend it. like it's not going to suck because yeah. it is, it's yeah. going to be hard and painful and gut-wrenching and horrible. But from it, I think that there is the potential and opportunity for so much more. From than, it comes you. Right. Exactly. You as a person, your right. full, your whole healthy, happy self right. will come from this process. Right. And there's going to be times where it feels like it's not happening like it's going to feel like time there's going to be times where it feels completely hopeless yeah but without being able to tap into the the vibrant reality of complex heavy emotions and realities like we can't be who we are meant to be right and so this is the right step on your journey but it is going to be a really really hard one right and you have all of the tools right now to do it. I want to speak to your anxiety about like starting over and mm-hmm. the fear that a lot of people, particularly women who are leaving relationships feel yep. when they, um, because we kind of live in a patriarchal society across the globe. <laughs> right. Um, <clears throat> and we don't always feel equipped to deal with these big, scary things like finding a new apartment or getting a new car and, Let's face it, the world is friendlier to couples. Mm-hmm. The world is friendlier to men, period. Yep. But the world is friendlier to couples. It's easier. Things are more affordable. It's easier to cook for yourself when you're in Paris, et cetera. Um, and I want to I want to acknowledge that anxiety, but also say you can do it. Yep. You can do it. It's going to be scary. It's going to have a little anxiety trickled through it. But you can do all of these things. And staying with someone because you're afraid of hurting them isn't okay. Nope. It is it's it's the opposite of love. Yep. It's appeasement. It is. And staying with them because you if I can phrase it in a little bit blunt way, like staying with someone because you're afraid of finding an apartment by yourself isn't enough. Nope. You know, that's not how you love someone. And I know you love this man. Mm-hmm. I know you love this partner. You just don't want to be with him. Yep. So so the best way you can nurture him and love him right now is to is to let him know who you are. Absolutely. Um yeah, I'm getting emotional thinking about all of this because it's scary and hard and 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 this is this is the scary part of love, yep. right? But I believe in this part, Isa. Like I believe in you and I believe in your happiness and I believe in your potential to live a happier, more well-rounded, more fulfilled life with a better love. I, I just, I believe in, I believe in people's right to leave. Yep. And, um, you say, uh, you describe it as being dragged down. Like, how do I not hate myself for getting into such a mess and dragging him and our kids down with us, with me, but nobody is dragging, being dragged down. Um, I think Sam said it best when we were prepping for this. Sam, you said nobody's being dragged down. Realities are just changing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's not that, you know, it's not that there's a, a hell and a heaven and you are dragging them down with you. Right. Right. It's it's not that it's much, much more complicated than that. You're not dragging anyone anywhere. Uh, it's just that your reality has changed. And now because of that, other you have people. to change other people's realities yeah. to match yours because yeah. you can't continue to live a lie um, because that's not healthy for you and it's not healthy for your family. Yeah. Um, And I want to speak really quickly about divorce. I'm a child of divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and that me witnessing my parents' divorce did not break me. Mm. In fact, it made me closer to my parents, and I think my parents were are more authentic to me because they had to show that side of themselves to me, mm-hmm. like that they had to be real. They had to stop being polite and start being real. I'm going to bring uh-huh. the real world back. Um, but be, because I would, how about this? The one thing I think we're going to speak more about divorce later on a later episode. So I'll just say Isa, that I would rather my parents be separated and happy than together and hun- unhappy mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Yep. And I knew that as a child, I knew that as a child that they were unhappy and it might be hard for them, but divorce does not shatter a person. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think I want to, if I can like throw you a topic, Sam, to close on, I really, when she, Issa writes like, how do I not hate myself for getting into this mess? Mm -hmm. And I think Sam, you speak so well about how we think we are the most broken. Yep. Um, But the reality is Issa, everybody gets into these messes. Absolutely. I mean, we all, continue to fuck up all the time <laughs> Every, all the time all the time and you know your neighbor who you think has it together has yep. cheated on his wife oh for sure and your boss who is always looks like pristine and beautiful yep. every day she goes home and she hates her body like yeah yep. and there's a narrative that we that many of us tell ourselves which is that we are the most fucked up one like other people may be fucking up but but if they knew how badly I was fucking up all the time. They would reject me. They would hate me. They would think differently of me. They wouldn't love me anymore. Absolutely. But the reality is, is that we are all just trying to figure this out all at the same time. We're all constantly getting ourselves into messes that involve other people, that hurt other people. Um, And that is just what, what life is like. And so understanding that you are not a horrible person because you are in a mess. We are all in messes all the time trying to work our way out of them. It's living. This is is life. It is. And so reframing that to understand that you are going to do the best that you can given the circumstances that you are in um, and that you are a good person just trying to figure out how to make this right. A brave person. You are so brave. Do you know how many fucking people are out there ignoring their true feelings? Absolutely. It's, it hurts me to think about that. The people who are closeted, the people who are unhappy in their relationships, the people who hate their jobs every day of their fucking lives. Yep. Um, people numb themselves to things and you are bold and brave enough to not do that anymore. Absolutely. And that's that's wonderful and speaks to you and the strength of your character that you're able to do this. So this is a really, really bad situation that you're in. It is a mess. Hard. Like We're not going to yeah. lie about it. But you have the strength, you have the tools and resources to do your best to make it right for you, for yeah. your family, for your partner. And I, we have faith that you can do this. We have faith that you can f- tap into your most true authentic self and be able to find that happiness Yeah, and to work through the pain that's going to come before you can get there. Yes. We love you so much, Issa, and we know that this is going to be a journey. This is not going to be one conversation. It's not going to be one, you know, pack up and move out. So please re-listen to this as many times as you want and let us know. Reach out to us if if you're feeling isolated on the other side of the world. um, I think that a lot of our listeners have have found catharsis in just writing out their feelings to us in their yep. letters. And, yep. and I love that because that's why I'm a writer mm-hmm. is that I understand and process the world and my feelings about it through writing. So um, you're not alone. We love you and we believe in the potential of your happiness. Absolutely. We will be thinking about you. Thank you so much. Uh, I love this episode so much. <laughs> <laughs> I just love everyone who writes in. and I know, aren't they so lovely? Uh, I love them so much. Um, that wraps up episode 15. Woohoo, 15. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so at the end of every episode, we try and set you up on a blind date, which is, thing that, which is a thing that we want to set you up with that we think you'll really love. So our blind date for this week is... It's a book about relationships. What? Oh my God, how on brand. <laughs> um, this is... Oh my God, I'm going to share something really uh, personal. Okay. Okay, but okay. First, I'm going to say this book is called Mindful Relationship Habits. Um, it's by Jay Scott and Barry Davenport. 
um, oh, SJ Scott and Barry Davenport. And it's 25 practices for couples to enhance intimacy, nurture closeness, and grow a deeper connection. And I want to just refer back to the title, which is Mindful Relationship Habits. So basically, what they argue in this book is that relationships take a mindfulness, a presentness, an awareness. Like, you, yes, we can enter love unconsciously, but to stay in it, you have to be very conscious and very present and mindful of the way you communicate, the way you bring up sensitive topics, the way you make time for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, that love takes work. Like mm-hmm. any, you know, what's the quote about uh, like, like to master something you have to, I don't know, work 10,000 hours on it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but relationships are the same way that you 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 show up for it. You have to you have to work for a sustainable, long, loving partnership. And Absolutely. so they, these twenty five practices throughout this book are like written in a really accessible, meaningful way, and and they're just a way for you to show up um, with your partner. They're little exercises. Like one of them is actually like have a monthly meeting <laughs> about your relationship. Oh. I know. And I actually think it's really charming because it's like, you know, put it in the calendar. Yeah. And it's they call it a check-in. Like put it in your calendar, check in about your relationship. And in that way, it's you're not um you you don't risk so much defensiveness mm-hmm. when you have maybe things that you want to work on. You have a set a time set aside in which you are being intentional and mindful, dare I say, about your relationship. Mm. And it's just to check in, like, how are we doing? Are we saving the money we want to save? How's our communication? Like, yeah. what would you like to see differently in our relationship? And it doesn't, they say it doesn't have to be monthly, but just the idea of doing a check-in. Anyway, the, the oh, personal <laughs> thing I was going to admit <laughs> to all of you uh-huh. people out there is that I bought this book to try to fix a relationship. And oh. I was left. <laughs> But because he wouldn't show up. But not because up. of the book. No, no. But no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What a ringing but endorsement. I, but I meant like, like that's proof of me like trying to, I was trying to show up for that relationship. I was like, hey, yeah. baby, look, I got this book. We can grow closer through this thing. And then he left me. <laughs> uh, cackle, we promise cackle. that won't happen to you if you check it out. No, we absolutely do not promise that. But I will say I'm glad I bought it because now I get to read it for my own damn self. Nice. Yeah. And and I didn't want to sustain a relationship with that punk either. That's right. Um. Anyway, um, please check that book out. It's called Mindful Relationship Habits. Great. And that's the blind date for the week. Excellent. So that's the end of the episode. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship meme, or as always, you can send us your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. This literally helps us keep the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, you are doing great. You don't always have to struggle. You don't always have to be so hard on yourself. Right now, you're doing great. You're doing the best that you can with the knowledge and experience that you have in this moment. And right now, you're bringing your A game. Maybe people can't see that all the time, and maybe people can't receive it, but you truly are trying to nurture and foster the best thing for yourself. And if you're not, guess what? We can start over right now. You can change your mind and say, nope, I'm going to try harder. I deserve this. I deserve to be happy. I deserve to live a full, authentic life, even if it means leaning into the hard conversations, leaning into these hard situations, asking people what we need from them. You all are doing great. You all are doing the best that you can. And Sam and I think that best is so, so good. And if all else fails, just break up.